Across the Park podcast is proud to be sponsored by Globe Gas and Heating. For the best kitchen and bathroom renovations, boiler servicing and repair, and central and underfloor heating in the Northwest, head over to globecentralheating.com and quote Across the Park for a free quote. Hello everyone, welcome to the Across the Park podcast. We're back, Judgy and Millsy join you for another episode. And wow, we'll be covering the uh, the fallout from another bitterly disappointing defeat at Goodison Park to Luton Town. Before we do so, just want to say a massive thanks as always to our sponsors, our main sponsors, Globe Heating and Gas, as you'll have seen from the intro. They, they put out some fabulous work and with it getting into the winter months, as I said the other week, I'm sure you'll be needing a boiler call out at some point but give those guys a call beforehand get them to check over your boiler you might need it replacing it might save you a crisis in the middle of winter uh, also quick mention for their clothing they've got a clearance sale at the moment everything's £10 or less so pick up some um, either some bits for yourself or maybe for your dad or your uncle or your brother you might get some early Christmas gifts in there so please take advantage of that not much stock left but still got a chance to get over and, and purchase some stuff uh, thanks to the Pod Cafe as always our fantastic host here uh, we wouldn't have this tremendous studio if it wasn't for them um, and their brilliant work without further ado Millsy I'm, I'm going to I'm going to apologise first and foremost we weren't able to, to get out the instant match reaction mm-hmm. at the end of the game which is probably a blessing <coughs> Uh, we had some issues with the mics, but I think the fans have probably had enough. You by say that it's stage a blessing, and... but I'm even more angry now. I've waited and not been able to vent. So yeah, you might true. have to put a disclaimer at the start of it, this it's one. It's true, it's true. We, we, we are going to, I'm sure there'll be plenty of venting going on. Um, we've got loads of social media to cover. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring the social media questions slash accusations slash uh, abuse <laughs> in at different different parts of the programme. So I'm going to start, Millsy, just with... I guess your your reaction to it. So feelings, emotions. What what? How are you feeling now? How are you feeling coming out the ground? I've got a number of feelings on it. So much so that I've actually brought notes. And I'm, I'm usually quite you know emotive and reactionary, and I, st- I still will be here. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind now is the positivity that we that we had as a group of fans going in to Saturday. And that that's mm. no disrespect meant to, to Luton, but it's a game that I think we all looked at. And you went into the ground, and Everton had those early chances. And every time Everton missed a chance, it was Everton. Eh. And the crowd were with them. The se- it boils down to simply the setup was not set up to go and win a football game. Now, now that may sound silly. Cause I'm talking about chances created in the first half, but I don't understand why a defensive midfielder and a sole striker has to be the formation of choice when we've just took a team apart in midweek by playing two in the mm. centre. And James Garner and Amazon and had really good games at Phillip Park. They were creative. They were winning the ball back. They were box to box the pair of them. That was the duo for me to stick with on mm. on Saturday. Now there's going to be games where we play again. No disrespect, teams of a higher quality than Luton. Where I'd understand it, revert to type. If you if you mm. feel safe and you want to go and bore it out like he did against Arsenal in the attempt to get a point, okay, not Luton, not Luton. And and the fact he comes out once again. And this is going to sound personal, and I don't mean it to sound personal, but it's winding me up now. The, the mitigating the factors of the XG, and this is a story that someone else has told before me. It's not my story. It is your story. It is. I know we've had questions on that already. Week, yeah. 
and you're setting a team up, in my opinion, to not beat Luton Town. And mm. I say that, and, and I, I really believe that. And in support of that, I'll point to the second half where he was scattergun. He did not know how mm. to change it. He's just got his one plan. He's just got his one plan. And for me, what is seven losses out of eight? Eight goals scored at Goodison Park. We've lost games this season at Goodison where we looked at it on the fixture list and said, Let, let's not you know, make no bones about it. We'll probably struggle this season. They're the games you've got to not lose. Wolves, Fulham and Luton, don't lose those games at Goodison because you're going to mm. go into the second half of the season now chasing your tail. And for me, a lot of blame, and I know we'll get this because I've seen the socials and preempting it, a lot of blame has to be on the manager for that. It has to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, don't disagree with you. Just, just a, a quick point to add to your, to your, um, your arguments around the formation, the setup, etc. What baffles me, and I, I always use the words in football a lot of the time when it comes to personnel and, and shape is like horses for courses. You know, mm. there be certain plays for certain games, there be certain strategies or or whatever for certain games. We were playing a team in Luton, and and I gave you this little narrative before you went went on with the uh, Luton fan channel yeah, to say that preview, Luton yeah. are a team that play direct. They play they play three centre backs. They don't they don't play through the middle thirds. They they look to play into the final third. They look, they look to its second lines. Why do you need three players in the middle of the no. pitch to deal with that? No. If anything, you need more bodies at both ends of the pitch, at our ends, as in the attacking end, because they've got three centre-backs against one forward, maybe Decore at times, if you include that, maybe two at the most. But it was a game where we needed more players in the final third. Now, we'll come back to the, the whole two-up done thing, because th- that, for me, was a bit of a cop-out, because he clearly, and the team clearly, had not worked no, on playing with two no. strikers. Because the, the play. They were terrible. Beto and Calvert Lewin looked like they'd never seen each other before. And the players didn't recognise how to hit a forward man or how to work with two forwards. So I think that was a little bit of a cop out and almost like, look, I've, I've gave you two forwards. Go on, I've done it now. What, what now? So And I, I don't necessarily mean by, by way I'm, I'm saying we set up wrongly. And again, in hindsight, it's always easy to be right. You mm. can always be right in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect 4 4 2. No, I what, didn't. What I did expect was maybe a 3 More attacking three players. More attacking players. Widen the pitch. You know, Dwight McNeil yeah. didn't have a very good game. James Garner. Look, I get why we're trying to get him into the team. We absolutely have to get him into the team. Just play him in the right position and drop someone. The instant match reaction that, I, that we recorded but didn't put out because we didn't have the mics were not great. Um, I said exactly that. We've done the opposite of what Luton would have expected us to do mm. and the opposite to what most teams have done against Luton. We made the pitch small. We put loads of bodies in the middle of the pitch, which meant we could get possession, but we couldn't really get beyond beyond lines or breakthrough lines. And when we did, it was pot shots that we ended up having and those six or seven shots at the start weren't great chances. They were shots from outside the area. That, they that, loved it. Luton, you know, yeah. Luton loved Luton that second half set up. Because what they were doing is when, when they were winning the duels, there was a moment in the game when I said to the lad next to me, I, I sat in a different seat this week, and I said, we've just lost every 1v1 battle. And I said, mm. every 1v1 battle we lost, and I think they took it to the corner. And then when we did get it back, the time wasted, which is fair. I'm a, I'm a Luton fan, I'm loving it. But it was just like, you're, you're absolutely right. We have not worked on playing better and Calvert-Lewin together. No. There hasn't been one training session that they played together based on that. No, I've got no doubt about that. I'm just going to start with getting some of these um, social media posts and, and questions in because there are a lot of them. I'm going to start with Chloe, kind of on the back at the back of your points. Do not defend the manager. Does not get off with this one. Looting at home in capital letters. I personally thought 
I've personally thought that he's been dealt a bad hand. I think she's talking about the injuries, the lack of recruitment, etc. Yeah. But even we have the players to beat Luton. We do. We, we've just discussed it. We've got the players and, and the ability to set up differently to take the game to Luton. And you know what? I'm not just saying this. If we'd have took the game to Luton and got sucker punched, I wouldn't be on here moaning like this. I'd, I'd say these things happen and yeah, we're unlucky yeah. once again. The Wolves and the Fulham, yes, we were unlucky. It's on him, this one. He set mm. the team up for me completely wrong. So I, I, I forgot her name. Sorry, I, I, Chloe. Chloe, I, yeah. I agree. She's spot on. J- Jay Graham, just adding to that, Dai Chouse, he says, give the players, he gave the players an uphill battle on Saturday, which I think he's probably talking about what you're alluding to. Far too cautious a manager to have in a season. We need to win our home games. Who comes in? Question mark. I'll follow up with another one just before you, you kind of address that one. Um, uh, again, another couple actually. Uh, Uber Ian, sure he's a, a driver. <laughs> do you remember saying we should have? Do you remember saying we should have sacked Lampard earlier than we did? Yeah, me too. Funny, eh? Um, so we're, we're, so we're, so far the comments we've got. And social media is social media. We're heavily on it, so that that's not insulting because I'm on social media and, and use it. But it's reactive and it's and it's emotive, isn't it? And what what we seem to be getting is is fans who are. And we've had this discussion at length about Sean Dice. We've had discussions where we think maybe his character. You you put it really well the other week where you said he sort of took the emotion out of it. He doesn't bang his chest when we score. He doesn't mm. look at the Gladys Street. He doesn't have the one liners that we're suckers for. He mm. he doesn't overly reach to connect with Evertonians. And we're suckers for it. We like that. Like mm. Martin has done it. Mm. Um, Frank Lampard done it. Was, was dancing with the David fans Moyes when he stayed up. David Moyes done it with the People's yeah. Club. And then the last manager who really didn't was probably Koeman. I think even mm. Carlo reached out eating sumas and bootle strands with the mm. fans. Remember that? Yeah. Talking about what Crosby was the best place yeah. on it. And, and he's not done that. So I think a large part of why Evertonians are maybe feeling like this is, is they don't have a connection to Daesh. This is uh, Jaden Dixon who's pointing to what you did in relation to the XG comments. Do you think Sean Dyche's media comments are hurting him? He's banging on about XG and how this Everton story has been here for years before him. How about he concentrates on AG, actual goals, and realises this is his story in capital letters that he's living in. This is his team and his tactics and no one else. It's right. And again, I've, I've spoke about that earlier. Um, his comments are now a problem. Because he's coming out, and again, it is taking the emotion out of it. And whether we win or, or lose, he seems to be the same person with the same you know, answers all the time. But sometimes he should just come out. As hard as it is, maybe he, is, maybe there's a little bit of fear where he's thinking, these these sack managers quick, and I don't want to give them any sort of excuse. But Sati, for me, was where he sort of come out and just said, you know what, I got that but wrong. When you, when I you got take, it wrong. When you take a pl- any player off at half-time, that's an admission yeah. that you've got it wrong tactically. He took Garner Guy off and he brought a, an attacking midfield player yeah. on. It was Harrison, wasn't it? Harrison yeah. for Guy at half time. That was the change. That, two more followed. that should have happened from the get go, though. Yeah. I think if, if Harrison starts that game and Garner's in the middle of the pitch from the get go, yeah. not when we're 2 0 down, because it's a completely different game. As you say, the tension's there at 2 0 down, the anxiety's there at 2 0 down. I, I thought the players looked fairly relaxed in the final third, and I think that type of kind of positive feeling at the start of the game with a Harrison in there instead of a guy would have got us in front. I agree. I Look, let's spin it a second. And I know we've spanned this week's show and you're doing hosting, but just just to get your opinion on it, is he is he to blame for Saturday in your eyes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've just won two games uh, and, and I firmly, you don't have to overanalyze the tactics. I, th- I think the bottom line for me is that you're playing a team that doesn't play through the midfield. Why mm. have you got a defensive midfielder in there? Yeah. It makes no sense. You're playing a team that's got playing with one forward up there. So why are you playing as a defensive midfielder? You've got two centre backs. You can deal with them balls in the air. Now the argument, the argument is that 
because we we had more players in the midfield that play made them play into the channels even more mm. and allowed them to get set plays in there that maybe wouldn't have been if we've got like a Harrison in a wide position and we've got a McNeil in a wide position it's denying their wing backs the opportunity to get good possession and to play balls into channels yeah. and that's what they were doing they were getting the ball into them full back or the wide centre back position coming out with freedom and then pumping the ball into the channels mm. and winning corners that for me, what what James Villa? They couldn't get out. Well, Ke- we, Kevin, we smothered them. They couldn't get out of that their own defensive third because we had more attacking players trying to press them. No, you're right. And we had Kevin from the Luton um, fan trust on last week, and he said to me on air, "We might not win, but our two centre forwards will give your centre half the mm. game if you allow us to." And boy, mm. did we allow them to. Do you just pump it? And so that's the frustrating thing for me. I, I do think it's on him because the fact he hasn't. It hasn't factored in the only thing they were going to do. Do you know what I mean? It, it makes yeah, no yeah. sense at all. And, and this, this for me now, it's becoming the norm. So, and I imagine there'll be little coaches cl- every game the same way. Will there be little clips of this possibly on socials? And and it looks in isolation that we're just reacting to an Everton defeat, and we're probably overreacting. But for me, we're not. That this is the norm now. Mm. We're going into every home game, regardless of who they are. We're now going into games. I'm going into Saturday, not thinking we'll win now. Because uh, we're not beating teams yeah. like Wolves, like Fulham, like Luton. We're not even drawing these games. So the fact that, the fact that he's set up so negatively, and it's winding some of the fan base up, not, we'll never say all, it's winding some of the fan base up, he's ramped the pressure up, not mm. only on himself, on the players. The players yeah. have got to go out on Saturday now. And I, 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 I don't know now whether he's going to stick or twist. Is, is he going to have a conversation in the week with someone and they're going to say, you've got to win? It's got and to he's twist. he twists. He's, he's got to twist, but I don't think he needs to twist to the extent of trying to do something that is completely out of the ordinary. I think, as you say, he just needs to, he needs to go back to, okay, well, who are we up against? Now, Bournemouth is a different game. That, that's, the, that's the issue. If we'd have gone, if we went and rolled Luton over there at the weekend, which we should have done, I'm not saying the pressure's off against Bournemouth, but we don't have to beat Bournemouth. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think, look, it would still have been disappointing to not beat Bournemouth and Luton, particularly going into the season. As, as you were alluding to before, there's three games we've lost at home that we would expect to have won, let yeah. alone not you know not get any points in. But going into that Bournemouth game or having been beat by Luton means that it's a must-win game, and it's not the same game. So the reason I'm stressing that is if we'd have played against Luton and won... He's, he, he's been okay we'll have to change things we're playing a different side in Bournemouth to Luton mm. this is what we're going to do now I think now he's more focused on we need to win forget about the opposition we need to win mm. so again it's 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 frustrating I mean but the, I, I get I get the comments we're getting I really do get it because if you look at what is it he's, he's won three home games I, I think we've lost eight of 13 at home and fans are going into fans are going to Goodison now. Now Saty Saty was a little bit of the exception in relation to I think like like I said before we went in and we were quite positive. My little boy who told me um, after the Wolves game to stop bringing him because we always lose. Age yeah. five wanted to go again because he watched the Villa yeah. game with me. He watched the Brentford game with me. Daddy, can you get me a ticket? He's sitting there at five. He doesn't know what's going on. It's a horrible place to be. It is a really bad place I- to be. And Bournemouth last season, the last game of the season, just to summarise this. We had Bournemouth at home to stay up, mm. who their fan channel told us the week leading up to it were on the beach. We still weren't confidence. We still only beat them 1-0. And we still weren't confident. The nerves yeah. in that ground. Yeah. And, and Goodison is turning in. Like, we've got a message here, and I'll, I'll actually read it out. Someone sent us a message. Um, I'm not going to name who it is. <laughs> Doesn't want to be named. But, but he basically said he, he's, he was listening to the pod a couple of weeks back um, and how he feels about being an Evertonian. Um, he feels it's a bit of a toxic relationship between supporters and club. He likens it to, you know, um, 
you love your family, so you stay with them. Um, but the only enjoyment he's getting at the moment is meeting his friends before and after the game. Um, he said he hasn't enjoyed going to Goodison for a long time. Everton don't bring him joy. Don't know why we stay. If our partners treated us this bad, we wouldn't stay with them. I don't know why we stick with them. Is it just because we love them blindly? I get support them through thick and thin. But for me, it's not worth the stress. Not going to many more games. Just not enjoying going to mm. Goodison. A, a human being is not enjoying No, going that's to- fair enough. And, and, and uh, there's obviously a bit of context to the current climate as well, isn't there? You know, a lot of people are struggling, oh, yeah. you know, with, with the cost of living and whatever. And, and you know, I'm not just talking about the cost of the ticket. I'm talking about the cost of the whole day. You're talking about, at times, spending time away from your family and, and stuff like that. Maybe if you don't go the match with your lads... It, I think the, from my point of view, the, one of the main reasons I still go to the match is because I go with my dad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and uh, again, I enjoy as as the um, the follow the listener there said, enjoy spending time with their friends or whatever. And, and that's one of my my only motivations to go in the game. Even that becomes a little bit draining because, like, even when we meet up, I have a pint after it. We're just moaning. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you go home. You're like, I'd, I'd rather ask Judge. You're, ar- like, you're arguing with your mates as well. We're that's arguing it. with our mates into the later hours on WhatsApp. And I'm going home thinking like, and Mister says, so I was, I was. Gary's kids didn't Down, ask him too busy arguing about everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, just a few personal questions to come away from, I guess, the general environment. But there's a, there's a few questions that we've got around certain players. First one from from Wayne. Um, I'm convinced that Dan Juma was not a Sean Dyche signing. What was the point? The second one before you answer that. Where is and this is from Harry Harry Watkinson. Um, where is Andre Gomez? Should he be given another chance? I'd say yes. We're massively missing some creativity in midfield. So start with Dan Juma. Um, no, I don't think he's a Sean Dyche player because the, um, the director of football tried to sign him in January. Mm. I think I think Sean Dyche is probably told we can give you an attacking player. It's our not Dan Juma. That fits what we can do. Mm. And he's gone okay. But I don't think Sean Dyche has gone, go and get me him. Well, he's played in the two cup games. Aside from that, one start, yeah, one start he, he had before we we made the signings, obviously, or the, the you know the the Beto signing. Played at Doncaster, played against Villa. I thought he played well, certainly in the the Villa game, but, but most players did. But uh, second one, Andre Gomez. I mean, I, I think absence makes me, the heart grow fonder, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. And, and I think from my point of view, as, as you've said already, Millsy, and I agree with you. I think James Garner is the answer. I think James Garner is a better fit, not only for Sean Dyke, but for Everton in general. I think he's, you know, it gives us energy as well as creativity. I think he's the man there mm. to, to carry that mantle in terms of the creativity. And I don't personally. think Gomez is, is a Dyche player. I, and I, do, do, do you know what's also quite frustrating? Sorry, just on the creativity front. Um, Anana looked more creative in a two. Than he, than he ever has done. Look, he looked like he had more space, like yeah, he was yeah. more aware of what was around him. I almost feel like he's a little bit overwhelmed sometimes when he's got Guy and Decore and there's almost too much going on in I there. I don't know where he played Decore on Saturday. No. I, no, don't, I, I don't know where he... Cause, cause he was Dwight, just running around. Because Dwight McNeil was sometimes central and Decore was on the, on wide and you're like, oh, okay, what, like, is this I, a I game think, plan or did he not know where they should... Well, I, I think from, from the way that McNeil was moving around the pitch and Kevin, who sits next to me, was getting really frustrated by it. He wasn't st- he wasn't getting himself wide or, or whatever, which which was annoying. But the way he was moving across the pitch and the way that Garner was moving across the pitch, he'd like he said to both of them, you've both got free roles, do what, you know, move to wherever you feel you need to move because they were literally running across the pitch. And that at times was meaning there was no space for the core. It was certainly meaning there was no opportunities for Anana to get in the pockets either, which he did a little bit more against Aston Villa. Obviously created the goal for Garner and Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think he, again, going back to it, I think he massively cut his nose off on, on, on at the weekend's height with the, with the way they set things up. Um, th- there's a couple more as well, which is, again, in, in line with, with what we're speaking about. 
got these messages all over the place. I'm not messaging <laughs> I'm someone here. Angry tweets at us. Okay, this is a general question, but and, and you've kind of touched on it, but I think we need to probably look at it a little bit more. Tommy Williams says, a question on everyone's lips, what is the problem at home? I think I think the manager's too cautious. I, I think we've got we've got a negative minded manager. Um I, I think that's it. And I think teams are onto it. I think that the Luton manager, Rob Edwards, said on Saturday, I knew we'd win today. And and that's not him being, you know, clever. I think that's mm. him looking at it in the week and going, We know they'll set up mm. in a certain shape and 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 if, and if we control the first ten, fifteen minutes where the crowds are gonna be with them, we'll win the game. So I do think I do think we set up so negatively at home and I know we're sucking old eggs here, but the first game of the season when he names Keane and, and Morpay on the team sheet and the crowd, you, they've lost the crowd already mm. and everyone's in there, the sirens come on and Zed Cars comes on. It doesn't feel the same to me anymore. You know, it really, feels, it just feels different. Now, you know, it really worries me as well now, you just said that, I just want to mention it before we go past it. I think he put Michael Keane back in now, you know. If, if, if he goes back to that 3-4-3 that he plays at Villa, then he will. Um, and look, if, if the three four three is the way to go, that that might just be a necessary yeah. evil to, yeah, to, to, yeah. Play, to play that way. But again, just to go back to that, Goodison Park for me at, at the minute is not a nice place it's not, for it's me not a to be. It can't be nice. No, but it can't be a nice but place it, for the players to be. No, I, it's true. I sat on the upper gladders on Saturday, so, so I could see down at the players when they when a few did come over and acknowledge the fans. Wasn't a pleasant experience. A few of the players just give up and walked off. Mm. I don't think they really enjoy. I think they enjoy the away ends. Yeah, yeah. If they go the away ends, and it seems to be yeah. more of a connection there for whatever reason. Mm. Not saying they're better fans than others. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, to, to spend more money, definitely yeah, they're yeah. more loyal. But I just think that the whole place at the minute, from from fans, you've took your little boy who wanted to leave mm. early. My little boy wants to leave early. You want to take mm. him? We want our little boys to be wanting all the merch and yeah, loving yeah. and loving being at the game and. and when five-year-olds are asking not to go to the football game mm. because they want to do something else, when, when I'm not when I'm not pushing the narrative against them, when I'm not saying no, you'll enjoy it, mm. and when the players aren't performing, and when Rob Edwards is saying I know Luton will win here, Goodison's a horrible place. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I guess the the last one on this combined topic, but a, but a big question: How long do we give Deitch, and can we afford to get rid? Well, this is this is from uh, Rob Rob Tall. Um, we heard something recently, <clears throat> speculative, speculative, that there's no one with the authority to do anything about it, mm. whilst this um, interim board are in, with probably not the responsibility to, to do it. We've heard, again, we don't know this for definite, but we've heard for a long time now that any director of football who tries to make a decision has to get it signed off by two or three people. So I don't think we probably have the authority. Now, Dice came out and said that he met 777 last week, um, seven 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 were at the game on Saturday, visible, sitting mm. in those empty director seats. Probably a little yeah. bit of a look at us yeah. kind of thing, sitting there visible. You're probably going to have to wait mm. for them to either come in or it not come in, and someone else comes in. So I, I think, regardless of what we feel, Mercedes gone. Let, let's mm. make no bones bad. He's not even here. He's here in name no, now. No, yeah, he's gone. Right. Bill Kenwright, we believe, is, is not very well at the moment again. Mm. So he's not there, and he's not making decisions. So whether I would or wouldn't, it doesn't matter. We're not gonna. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna move we're gonna move briefly past that. We got a seven 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 question again, didn't we? I know we addressed this last week, but um, I I went the women's game yesterday. Yeah, let me get that one up. Sorry. And um, speaking to some really good people at the women's game. We oh yeah, to, sorry, sorry, we did. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we love people coming over and speaking to us, and whether it's 
we don't agree with what you said and there's our reason for not agreeing with it or we watch the show we don't we love speaking to people but I was speaking to a guy yesterday who who again was saying like all oh, you fan groups have met 777 I said mate I promise you we haven't and he went no well um, the ESC said that um, you, just, you just can't talk about it you, you just... now the ESC did put an article out on his mm. own yeah. and the ESC has been on our show got nothing against the ESC he can come on whenever he wants no problem yeah, yeah. but he said I can't tell you what I spoke about and other fan groups have met them. I, I believe Toffee TV referenced other podcasts meeting them. I don't, well, I don't TV know. Referenced us. Well, I don't know who's met them. Now, what? Now, what? I, what I do understands, and and I, and I, I'm quite clear on on my understanding of this, and, and I think this is a hundred percent. Seven 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 have sent comms people out mm. to some people in the Everton fan media in circles yeah, we don't, and that's great yeah. you know, we're, we'd never come on here and we never ever say we're the biggest or the best podcast mm. if you look at our followers and you look at our views compared to other channels other channels do more and if other channels get those perks or mm. 777 say I want to speak to someone with 100,000 followers not mm. the, not 10 that's great but I just want to clear up one more time we wouldn't I would honestly rather say no to meeting them if we couldn't tell you guys about it. Yeah. We haven't met them. We just haven't. No. No, I, I can't it was a it was a a, a toffee. Um toffee till I die as, as tag is on, on Twitter. Uh, how did your meeting with seven 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 go? It'd be nice to hear some transparency from the fan channels. The transparency from us is we've categorically not met with, not had any contact, to the extent that Millsy actually got in touch with someone at Everton in the end the other day. Yeah, just, just to find out, you know, if, if it came from internal and stuff, and, and people we speak to at Everton are good people who work on the media team and stuff, and, and, and they were very much like, it's nothing internal. It's, if, it's if, not if, someone's, if someone's yeah. throwing you under the bus, it's not us. It's external. But just to be clear, on the um, if, if people do want a little bit of insight into what they said. Dave Kelly, another friend of the show, he's mm. part of the fan, fan advisory board. They put a, vi- a YouTube video up this morning where he talks about meeting them. Now, he's quite clear in relation to it wasn't a formal meeting and there were mm. things that they couldn't talk about, but he yeah. does give some insight into what they were saying. So get on over to the fan advisory board socials pages and watch that video because that's about as much as I can give you referring yeah. you on to someone else. I'll have to watch that myself, to be fair. I haven't, I haven't caught that myself, yeah. Um, but yeah, as I say, just going just gonna to move briefly on. In fact, there was, another, there was another personnel question, but I'm going to bring it up when we kind of move on to, to, to future bits. Um, where are we now? So yeah, just just obviously going to look forward briefly to the to Bournemouth game. We have to, unfortunately, we are we are mm. going to have a. Um, You're speaking to the Cherry's Red Army. Again, yeah, aren't Cherry's you? Red Army on Thursday. We, we're going to well, it'll be released on Thursday, so we're going to catch up with those guys. And 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 as always, the idea of that show is to try and get a bit of context from the opposition. We'll try and pass that on to Mister Deitch and see if he actually pays any attention this time. <laughs> I got a bit of stick on our Luton show. Did you see that? I didn't see Someone that. Someone put in our comments. Oh, why are you talking so much about Luton? That's the that's purpose of the show. Part right? of the plan, mate. Yeah, probably, yeah. You know, if you don't enjoy it, you don't enjoy it. No, that's fine. I, I do find them interesting. And, and again, just to just a bit of amusement, if you like, Millsy was doing last week's show and he, he, he actually messaged me and said, mate, can you just tell me a bit more about Luton? <laughs> I just don't want to go into the show not knowing about them. So I kind of gave him what, what I knew about it. And all, by the looks of it, it was more than what Sean's eyes knew do about you know what? Luton. Do you know when Luton? you give... I, I, read it blindly blind loyalty and when I was reading your stuff and giving it to him I was thinking as judge you stitched me up here did they play 4-4-2 or something he's giving me up <laughs> so thanks for you know you didn't put it it did it, help you yeah no worries um, so yeah looking forward to the the, the, the Bournemouth game um, 
Uh, I, I am going to ask a, f- a few, a couple more personal questions. Or one in particular, one person, one player who's coming in for a bit of stick. Um, he certainly did in the park ends where I sit, and there's one of our fans who've, who've mentioned him as well. Um, and it's Ashley Young. So it's Brian Jacobs. Can you lads tell me anything good about Ashley Young? <laughs> I think that's a bit harsh. Uh, it was so vulnerable on either side he plays on. Every time he plays, would you bring Ben Godfrey in? So before we touch on Ben Godfrey, what's your thoughts on Ashley Young's performances recently? I think he, I think there's moments in games where I look at him and, and I think he's a, he's a good player and there's moments I look and I go like, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy that he's, he's playing for us, but there's other times. Now, I don't know whether that's who's playing in front of him doesn't help. You know, when he was yeah. playing on the left back, he had Lewis Dobbin in front of him mm. at times. And like, Lewis Dobbin's a kid trying to make you. And even the then, weekend, you've got Garner in front of him, who isn't really he, exactly. in front of him, he's playing inside. Exactly. And I, then, I think similar to what the criticism that was levelled against Nathan Passon, I think it's a difficult team for an attacking full-back to play in. Hence why I think Michalenko's looked okay recently. I think since mm. he's come back in, he's looked out of the two more comfortable. Which is which is you sort of get more balance now. Let's not forget Ashley Young did not make his career. He didn't have all the success that he's had and the England caps mm. and, and the huge clubs he's played for as fullback. Mm. As he's got older, he, he's sort of fashioned himself into a fullback. Fair to, to say though, his better years probably though, given at United, ended up being fullback. He couldn't really establish himself in that attacking yeah, position. Yeah, but what, what I mean by that is he's not someone who, who from an early age has learned the art of defending. Mm, and, and how do I overlap a right midfield or how do I mm. overlap a left midfield he's sort of yeah, maybe yeah. maybe he has you know grown into that and, and into Milan and I know the Aston Villa fan that we had on uh, Justin when we signed him he raved over him he said yeah. he's going to be one of your players of the year I haven't That's I haven't okay. seen it I haven't seen it to be I, th- I think what you do get from him is is his character and what I mean by that is you know he he's and that comes I guess with experience so the start he had against it's Brentford, you're thinking he's going to get sent off for 15 minutes and that bit of experience, a yeah. bit of backbone almost, he, he can he can kind of take a deep breath, go again um, and recover from mistakes, which I think that Nathan Patterson's probably not likely to give you that. Um, I think he's also a player and, and again, a lot of these questions without being insulting to the listeners, that they are emotive, that this, isn't, mm. this is not like, you know, we're not analysing, we're not Monday Night Football and I think again, Ashley Young is probably hurt by not really a big connection, not really mm. a big sign and the fans were excited by when we signed mm. Ashley Young. We were a bit, everyone was indifferent. You know, mm. the 38-year-old who's going to be 39 at some point in this season is going to come in and try it's and like a Walter Smith sign, Exactly. So yeah. I, I also think that fans haven't connected. If that was, a, for whatever reason, an Italian international who had 20 caps, he was 25, mm. would be saying given time right now. So yeah, I think yeah. there's a little bit of that as well. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think there's a feeling for me as well, which has almost put him in that same boat. He's like, he's the manager's favourite. Yeah, yeah. Michael Keane and I think when your manager's not doing very well and you've got someone who's consistently getting picked you're yeah, almost yeah. automatically looked at well is he one of the reasons and I think it's probably a little bit unfair and fans like Patterson as well a lot of yeah, fans I, like I do. Patterson I, I like Patterson I think more so for the reason you're pointing out I know he's not an Italian international only 25 but I think Scottish players tend to have a you know Everton fans tend to have an affinity with them he's young so yeah. he's young he's British I think he you know he, he works hard when he's on I think I think he's He's capable, and I think he's got a little bit more energy in, in his natural because of his mm. of his youth. Um, but yeah, just I, I, I wouldn't be hit, I wouldn't be upset by Ashley Young being dropped for the Saturday. So, so do you, I want to come away from what you, what you expect? What would you like to see come Saturday? You, you lose it, I lose it, and then you kind of backed it backed it up that he may return to that back three slash Michael Keane. Is that something you would like to see? Do you think something you think that will work? 
Um, I, I would go. I, I would go back to the formation I played against Aston Villa. Um, I think the fact that Abdullah Zakori has been really important for us this season. I would like. I would say that he's been more important away from home for us. Yeah, Zakori's performances away from home are yeah. good. At Goodison, horses for courses. Not again. so much. He gets pulled off on Saturday because the manager yeah. wants to throw throw better yeah. on. So for me, I would I would literally go two midfielders, and I would go James Garner and Amadou Nana. I would bring Jack Harrison back in. Yeah, and and I would I would bring Dan Jamie in as well. I thought the fact that McNeil didn't have a very good game, and I don't think we're in the, I don't think we're in a position now where we're needing points to carry players. And mm. I'd be as ruthless as if if I play you and you don't play well, you're at risk of of coming mm-hmm. off. And Corey and McNeil were, were, were pulled off on Saturday. Yeah, the formation changed. I would go Calvert Lewin, um, and I would go. Dan Jima close close to him. Jack Harrison's got to come back in. James Garner's got to go. Central. Does Patterson come in? And I thought Patterson and Harrison looked really good together at, at Villa. Yeah. Um, obviously, didn't really pick it up, pick things up. At I, the I would like to see. Yeah, I would like to see Patterson come in, mm-hmm. and I would stick with Michalenko. And again, I think that visual. And if that doesn't work, I think the manager can come out and just say, "Look, I'm seeing what you're seeing. The players mm-hmm. who didn't play last week aren't playing today. I have yeah, yeah. tried to change it. So for me, I, I would." If the if two pm we announced three midfielders and we announced James Garner playing wide right, I, I think you, you're on a hide into nothing. I, I think yeah. it's very unlikely that that the fans are with that team straight away from the off. But I think if the fans go into the ground and they see an attacking lineup and they see the manager's gone out to win, I think you'll get the fans the fans with you straight away. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. I, I'm not sure he'll bring Dan Juman in for McNeil. I wouldn't be disappointed or surprised, but I, I wouldn't be disappointed by it. But I would be surprised. I think he'll stick with McNeil. But I do think we'll see that three four three, um, and, and I think it's probably the best roll of the dice, the best you know, roll, roll of the dice. Roll of the dice. Um, Look, it's interesting, isn't it? Whatever yeah. happens now, because it, I mean, what's encouraging? We've got options. I, I think certainly at times yeah. last season and at the start of this season, it was like, what can you do? Like, there's nothing you can and do. And now there. we can say swap two, swap three. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you're right. That's a very good point. At the end of last season, we were looking at our bench going two keepers. Didn't even name a full bench of substitutes at some some points. And look, yeah, you're right. There's options there, um, but it, it is going to be interesting now. His relationship and how he affects the relationship between that group of players and the fans now. This Saturday is is going to be really, really not only important but interesting. Does he say no? I'm right, and I and this formation will work. I'm right. We need to hold midfielder. I'm right. We're only going to win games one 0 this season. I'm not going to overexpose. Mm. I'm not going to. Or does he now say, okay, I'm going to change yeah. it? Let me just briefly bring up one positive, which which hasn't been mentioned and understandably so. It's gone under the radar. A third goal in, in as many games for Dominic. Ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. Still looks fit. Still looks sharp. Yeah. Fingers crossed that that continues. Everything looks a lot more different, doesn't it? If we go and beat Bournemouth by a goal, by a couple of goals, which would be a milestone in itself at Goodison um, under Deitch and Calvert Lewin gets on the score sheet again, everything again suddenly looks completely different, doesn't it? Yeah, and you're right, it's being brushed under the carpet because of the negativity mm. and because of how fans are hurt and how fans are feeling. And if, if you do strip that away, and, and if you wrote this down and looked at it this way, Dominic Calvert Lewin starts again and he scored three and three mm. for Everton. That's really positive. And that's something that last season we were crying out for. Can you get him fit and can you get him scored on goals? He's not a problem at the minute. He's that number nine shirt is his. Me and you were raving over Beto. Beto's now got to win that back because of Lewin's mm. form. So Lewin's not a problem. Um the problems are around living for me. Yeah. 
tries. Well, just just briefly touching on to a huge week, which which is coming up. It always is a huge week in our calendar. Obviously, right back to the birth of the podcast, mm. which used to be three blues and three reds. It's the derby coming up after Bournemouth. Fingers crossed we go into that derby game with three points and with a couple of goals. Um, we've got lots coming up, haven't we? Like, look, we've got, we're speaking to people, anybody from the birth who've watched us and listened to us when we used to have regular red panellists on. Um, we've always tried to make the Derby Week big, and, and that's me and Judgey. When me and Judgey were kids, the Derby Week was big. Even when we were teenagers, the Derby Week was big. You look at any content, aren't you? So yeah, we've, we've, we've reached out on any of any event that you guys are, are going to want the content. Um, can't quite say who we're doing it with yet because it would be unfair. Because if something falls through, then they then get the you know why weren't you on across the park? But we've got plans to do um, a show with another fan channel. Um, a big Liverpool fan channel, so we'll get together and have a bottle of beer and talk about Derby memories. Um, reached out to an ex-Everton player, all good. Reached out to someone in the who's a really big Liverpool fan. He he will be the away fan previewing it. He, he's a really good friend of the show and a, and a big red who you guys will all know. Being judged, you will link up remotely as well and do our do our show where we'll talk about what we think is going to happen. So yeah, we'll hopefully we'll have four shows. And if you get absolutely battered at Anfield, that might be the final four shows that we ever do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, thanks everyone as always. Um, we tried our best to dissect what was a bitterly disappointing defeat. We obviously tried to finish on a, a couple of positives, which again, the manager hopefully can take into the next game. We're hoping for changes both um, in personnel and certainly in the results. But in any case, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.